one latched immediately. So of course I thought they'd all be that way. But with him, I had some very sore nipples in the beginning. As a baby, I'm told, I used to chew and gnaw on the nipple, and so I was taken away from the teat early. This has had no impact on my life since, and I'm very normal. I was uh, also bottle-fed. I don't remember exactly if my mother started breastfeeding or if I just went straight to the bottle from day one. Either way, I have clearly turned out well. It's Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast with Josh (laughs) and John. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If you're wondering what the fuck, that is from a commercial for Wick, and it is about how they can help mothers with breastfeeding problems. I think it's funny that it is uh, targeted at, like, four-time mothers who, like, sometimes don't have a problem and other times do, but, you know, I guess that's your audience. Absolutely. I also like the the assumption that only poor, horribly-off people would be watching this movie. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, okay, they're, they're watching a horror movie on a free streaming service. We can afford the commercial spot. The movie's called The Suckling. I bet I know who who would really appreciate this commercial. (laughs) Let's play it 90 times. (laughs) Oh man. How wow. Yeah. It, uh, it looked, it, I think it looked different, like a little bit better than the last time we watched it, which isn't saying much because it still looked terrible. Yeah, it does. Oh, speaking of that, John, what do you mean since the last time we watched it? (laughs) Well, as it turns out, we were going to cover this movie once before and even went so far as to record an entire motherfucking episode. Yep. Which promptly did not get recorded. <laughs> well, it did get recorded. We recorded it. Oh, that's okay, but it it got lost or something? What was it? So, so okay, so it was we 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 used to record ahead of schedule so that we ah. like if we missed one whatever. And so this one we recorded as a bank episode. So in case we had to like miss a recording session, we could play this one. And so we had it in the bank and then the Supreme Court shit the bed and decided oh, let's yeah. overturn Roe v. Wade. And That's we right. were like, maybe the things we said in that episode aren't as good now as they were <laughs> then. <laughs> And then we also moved to an hour-long format instead of just however many hours we felt like talking format. That's uh, right. Yeah. So, so this is uh, this is us re-recording a lost episode. This is the first time that we've ever recorded an episode that we'd already recorded one of. So forgive us, and you're welcome. You're welcome. And uh, take a seat. And light up a fat one, because we will be discussing 1990s The Suckling by Francis Terry. Francis Terry, the literally one-time movie director. He he came out and said, "Uh, I was not prepared to make a movie. I didn't realize how much trouble it was going to be, or how difficult it was going to be, or how unprepared I was to do it. Um, He has also gone on record as saying that he did not intend this movie to be an anti-abortion sentiment. He was like, no, 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 no. that's not what this is. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> what what it is is really open for discussion. <laughs> um, he is now a dance instructor and does not direct movies. Wow, that is wait. Who's the other one that was a dance instructor? Uh, it was him. Oh, okay. It was him. Yeah, it was him. It, the last time we recorded an episode about this. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I, I. I thought that I thought that someone else was also what. What happened to the What happened to the guy from Basket Case? What did he grow on to do? Oh, he does sculpture now. He like. Oh yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. He he does stone carving and like teaches people how to do awesome sculpture and stuff. You can't keep the artists down. No, no. Even even when they go on strike. So go out there, support the Writers Guild and the Screen Actors Guild. You can waga, you can sag, it's all good. That's right. No no kidding. And and fuck the industry. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I just read about what it is. They wanted to pay like background actors a one day fee, like a one time one day fee, and then they owned your likeness for the rest of movie industry time. <laughs> Fuck no, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, they were like, we use you in the background, and then we use AI to replicate you in the background of anything we feel like for the rest of time. Yeah, wow, that's yeah. great. Yeah, so fuck all of those guys, and I guess don't watch new movies or TV shows? I don't no. know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of rough. Yeah. Hopefully they get that ironed out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. This movie, though. Uh, most of these actors were only ever in this movie. There are a few exceptions. Uh, Antoinette Green, who played Bertha. Uh, she After this movie, she took like a 20-year hiatus from filmmaking and then has a pretty strong career in film and television until, you know, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's insane. That uh, okay. She was so when she came back she was what 140 years old. So so Bertha was the the first one to die. The the Oh, her. The, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The one obviously that looks like she would be named Bertha. <laughs> You mean Roberta Marley? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's because this movie is full of dumb jokes. Her name is Bertha because birth, because do you get it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, this is a special movie. It's really, it, it, this is, this is one of those, um, I mean, obviously it's campy and ridiculous, and I don't even know if low budget really covers the lack of money they had to make this one. But, um, I mean, it is, it's something else. I I really like it. (laughs) I do too. It's, it's like if, um, it's like if someone tried to make an incompetent version of a trauma film, but... (laughs) They really focused on the creature effects and yeah. then nothing else. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is exactly the kind of movie that I would want to make and feel like I'm capable of making, except I would have no idea how to make creature effects this awesome. The creature effects are fantastic. I mean, yeah. if, if you're looking for realism, they're terrible. But yeah. if if you're just looking for effective, practical effects that are light years ahead of everything else that surrounds the entire production, this is the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> I like 
So this movie is set in 1973, and they filmed it in, like, 1990, and made no effort to make it look like 1973. It's just 90s no. hair. Like, 1990 no. hair. It's incredible. I It's it's like everyone looks like extras on a, on the set from Miami Vice or something. It's like... <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's, it's so bad. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Also, so the monster is played by Michael Gingold. He is an actual movie guy. Um, he got his start as Monster's Hands in A Return to Salem's Lot. Nice. Uh, he went on to be in trauma films and a bunch of other weird little horror movies and currently has a career as a director of what I think is DVD bonus features. That's not oh. the first time we've come across that where people like, oh, yeah, I directed DVD bonus features. That's my job. That's probably that yeah, must be one of those little niches in the in the industry where you can actually make make some money, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This movie is accompanied by the musical stylings of Joseph Terry, and uh, luckily he also did not go on to have a career in doing music, uh, movie composition, because, God, it's terrible. Yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> he has a Casio and is, a, is in charge of not just the music, but also every, like, sound effect. So, like, if you're hearing a footstep, you're hearing a Casio footstep. <laughs> He's using a Casio, and he's not afraid to use that Casio. He doesn't really know how, but he has no fear. <laughs> oh, yes, he makes up, with, up, up for it with joyful exuberance. <laughs> and then, of course, the, the person that held this movie together is Ralph Cordero. His creature effects are what put this movie anywhere near anything enjoyable. He, his credits include The Brother from Another Planet, oh, Splatter wow. University, The Toxic Avenger, not mm. two or three, but The Toxic Avenger, the wow. first one. Wow. Uh, Robot Holocaust, and then the Brendan Fraser movie, George of the Jungle, and then Coraline and Paranorman. Wow. That's that's impressive. I mean, he, he's good. I mean, look, yeah, what he, he's look, good. What he, look what he did with basically nothing. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. Sure, sure. He probably had like you know gallons and gallons of latex in his garage or something. <laughs> the epoxy was strong with this guy. Yes. Also, it looks like I I don't think he made that tunnel of weirdness at the end. That had to have just been old Francis was like, I'm going to go to a garage sale and see what I can put together. That's what I think the inside of Stevie Nicks' house looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a rumor about it. <laughs> Everything's covered with netting and scarves. Oh, it's macrame and dripping. <laughs> Whee! Uh, so, so yeah, I guess some content warnings before we get into the summary. Um, yeah. It's, it's a movie about an abortion monster, so uh, be prepared for that. There's... Um, uh, mistreatment, medical mistreatment of women. Uh, the abortion in question happens against the young woman's will. Yes. Um, uh, without her consent, and uh, there are sex workers that are mistreated and uh, murdered, and um, it's really fucked up. <laughs> it really is. It's. It, it, I mean, I'm really glad that they decided to put some humor into this because if they tried, <laughs> if they tried to make this movie serious, it would, it would be a real problem. <laughs> yes, yes. 
And of course, this movie concludes with a rape taking place by orderlies in an insane asylum. Uh, the rape is, of course, of an inmate at the insane asylum. So that's cool. Um, it, this is very much basket case. Like you can yeah. tell he, he, uh, Francis Terry loved basket case. And it's that same thing where like, while it's, while it's slapped together, it's silly and it's got that love of brutality and love of stop motion bits. It also then is transgressive and very upsetting all of a sudden. Um, it, it really is the. That 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 transgressive quality of this film is is really right on its sleeve. <laughs> it's I yeah. mean, Basket Case has got it too, but Basket Case is more of that kind of like musical theater end of the you know, like this this one. I think they use comedy as a way of making up for the fact that they they couldn't make a serious movie. They just aren't good enough, you know. Yeah. So they had to put humor into it. I mean, it was just that's the only way to make this movie even remotely watchable. Um, <laughs> But it's also follow, yeah, it does kind of follow along, you know, the Hen and Lauder school of really campy and really ridiculous, but also transgressive uh, New York City horror. <laughs> yeah. For a movie that, you know, I, I mean, they, the only thing they possibly would have spent money on would have been like film stock, maybe renting cameras, you know, uh, Maybe a little bit of lighting, you know, the and then of course the makeup effects. But beyond that, they, I sure as hell hope they didn't pay to use that fucking house. <laughs> <laughs> and the actors, I sure didn't get much, if anything. No, no, yeah, no. Uh, so their budget was fifty thousand dollars in nineteen ninety money, and a full twenty percent of that budget went to the uh, costume. Wow, that's amazing. It's it's also amazing to me when you think about how much it takes to make a movie because, you know, I'm so poor that $50,000 sounds like a lot of money to me. So it's yeah. like, wow, they had $50,000 to make this movie? But then <laughs> I, I think the suit alone that the guy wears was 10000 And that doesn't yep. even that doesn't even include the other, you know, like the weird like uh, balloon filled prosthetics. Oh, and, and, you know, the the great sewer setup, the weird sewer maze. I love it. I love. I really like the set of this place. Uh, although it's obviously, I, I don't know. It's fucking great. Yeah, I. Um, it's a very strange house that has screen doors on all the inside doors. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and and the front of it is like a, a urban junkyard, and then the windows open up onto like fields and a, a lake or something. I don't know where it is, but it's very weird and nice. I've, I've read, I read back when we did it the first time. Where I know it's in New York City, but I, I want to say that that's the well. I, I mean, it would have to be probably the Hudson back there, right? So it's like right there on the water, and uh, there's like a house right next door to that house, like a house that someone would actually want to live in, um, like right next door. And I, so <laughs> I wonder what those people were thinking, like, what the fuck are they doing over there? <laughs> It's like an Airbnb, but for movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John, you want to jump into the summary? Yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to jump in. Oh, did you hear that they did you read oh. that they had like little mini plastic fetuses and bottles that they handed out for promotion of the movie? Nice. <laughs> Much like was... in the movie Macabre, but yeah. only kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. 
Well, we get the uh, the in- the intro is kind of a non-angled Star Wars crawler with a uh, goofy, uh, very serious text about twelve deaths in this house, this horrible massacre, and you know the police are baffled, and uh, there's only one survivor, and all this crap, which. They didn't really need to do that because all of that information is pretty much reiterated once the film actually starts. <laughs> yes. Also, whoever wrote it needed an editor. Just just one proofreading pass and you would have gotten there. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Got, and by gotten there, you mean r- written something that was legible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really stupid. But anyways, so we see a... Um, a grown-ass woman sleeping in basically a child's bedroom with, like, Raggedy Ann dolls. And, and it's not basically. It's a child's bedroom. Um, yeah. it's There's a thunderstorm outside, and um, we see a creep of some sort who's uh, sneaking up on the room. He has a straight razor in his hand, which he doesn't use in the bedroom, but that's fine. And then um, he gets into the bedroom, and he... Pulls a syringe out of his, um, you know, hospital coat or whatever and gives her a shot, which doesn't wake her up. That's great. And then puts the needle back in his pocket without, you know, with the point up, which I remember (laughs) we made a point about that last time because it was just like, wow, okay, that's you could at least put the point down. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or, hey, put the cap back on the needle. How about that? She she wakes up and she's in a she's in an empty hospital. Uh, He's pushing her down the hall uh, on a gurney and they go past this room and there's a, a topless nurse who is like a Silent Hill nurse, but not scary at all. Um, and not with a weird looking face uh, with her tiny boobs out carrying an axe. And he asks her if she's ready. They go into the surgery room. The girl wakes up. She's strapped down. Uh, she's prepared for surgery. She's wide awake. The surgeon cuts her open while she's awake, and surprise, it's a dream. (laughs) Didn't see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) So she sits up in her kitty bed. She's all freaked out. She gets up and goes to the bathroom, and uh, her bathroom is all pink. The entire room is wall-to-wall pink. Uh, She looks in the mirror. You know, she does that whole thing. He's, you know, she closes the mirror door, and he's right behind her cuts her throat with the scalpel. Um, he never at any point does he use the straight razor, <laughs> which he just happened to have in his hand early on, but well, that's fine. It's a dream. Damn, dreams are weird. So she yeah. wakes up, she wakes up legit. Now she's in a hospital bed and she's all like, you know, she's got the mask on and all that crap. And she's got the crazy face. We see these two doctors, uh, one of which I may, is like incredibly small or one of which is gigantic. I can't, I can't decide. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're discussing her case, and basically the gigantic one just reiterates everything that you saw in the crawler at the beginning of the movie. Uh, yeah. And it's very wooden, and it's used as a bookend. Uh, this this opening is a bookend, and you know, to the to the asylum business that we'll be discussing at the end. And uh, it's hilarious. But anyways, <laughs> so we. Uh, we, we cut to the girl and her boyfriend, and they arrive at this, they walk up, they're now on the property of this very dilapidated shit house. Like, it's, I mean, it's just a, they just found a shit house, and that's yeah. what it is. She's super hesitant to go up to the house. He's being very pushy about it. Turns out she's pregnant, and um, 
she he's brought her here because this is a you know back alley abortion place apparently um for some reason that i struggle to understand she does not want to go in there and have an abortion uh but he he convinces her to just go in you know because he's pushy as hell and uh I don't think they even knock on the door when a yuppie Billy D. Williams opens the door. And <laughs> has them say, he says, hey, let's go around back. And as they're about to go around back, a douche in a suit arrives. And uh, Billy D. Williams tells him to go through the front and uh, to go straight to room three. I'm pretty sure... No, we do see that guy again. Okay. There's people... There's people that come and go in this movie, and you just never see them again. And it's like, wait, where did that person go? Um, yeah. <laughs> so they get seated. They go into the back of the house. They get seated in a waiting room with a hooker-looking lady who is a hooker. And uh, a muscle shirt Walmart Travis Bickle named Axel. <laughs> they... <laughs> They cut to a guy with a briefcase, the, the suitcase guy. I mean, the briefcase guy from the beginning, yeah. Um, he, he is in the house. He's got he's in a room that's got, like, you know, sexy boudoir lighting going on or something. I don't know. And he opens his briefcase, and it's just full of, like, dongs and dildos and vibrators and all and kinds fake of... fake boobs! Yeah, fake boobs. Really shitty 90s sex toys. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And then the the lady comes in that he's the prostitute that he's going to be, you know, uh, playing around with. And she's got like her lingerie on. She's like the dragon lady. She's like, you know, she looks ridiculous. Of course, she, you know, immediately exposes herself because we need to see her boobs too. Uh, he, <laughs> Zoom in on them. Yeah. <laughs> you need to because they're small. Um, he's wearing... <laughs> I, I'm an idiot. Um, mine are bigger. Okay, he... He wears a beanie with a propeller on the top of his head, which is amazing. Uh, Classic. Very amazing. He's holding He's holding a dildo, which is like blah, 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 wobbling in his hand. <laughs> she has a whip. She whips the whip, which grabs the dildo out of his hand and whips it back over to her. And then she has him bend over <laughs> and launches his propeller by shoving the dildo up his ass. And and making making these like hand thrust motions <laughs> while he's going ooh ooh <laughs> all accompanied by the Casio yes by the <laughs> that's right that's right the ridiculous sound effect it's like oh god Jesus God this movie is amazing so uh, yeah. So anyways, the dragon lady is called downstairs, so another lady comes in to take her place. She's wearing a satiny robe thing, and she decides to take over with a huge paddle. And uh, that's after they pull the... Yeah. Right out of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back in the waiting room, the hooker and the two young people are talking. For some reason, she's sitting between the two of them, which I didn't understand. <laughs> uh she offers her services to the boyfriend, like whispering as if as if Rebecca, the girlfriend, doesn't hear, her, um, which I love. And then um, <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> and then in comes Big Mama. Big Mama is, you know, she's the obviously the uh, abortion doctor and possibly also the you know meat and pimp lady. So anyways, yeah, she's got a B <laughs> on one lapel and an M on the other because she's a yeah. B. 
BM. So Big Mama BM. It's a joke. Get Goodwin it? Goodwin Francis. She shows up. She uh, she leads the room. Um, she gives her some some tea as you do, and they talk abortion stuff. And um, Big Mama basically is trying to sell the abortion as an easy way out. You know, the girl says, "I don't want to do this." You know, if it's just all, I can just give you the money and you know, just let me go or whatever. And the lady's like, it's not about the money. And then she starts selling her on, you know, as it turns out, none of this is even relevant because the tea is drugged and Rebecca passes out. Um, and in the meantime, the boyfriend, Phil, is is downstairs in the basement with Axel, um, who he pays with like this wad of cash. Apparently that's where you pay people in the basement. And then... Back in the back in the yeah. operating room, which is like a disgusting clapboard room with like horrible paint job and bad lighting, and it's it just looks like a petri dish. Uh, she basically just yanks the fetus out, like just whips it out and hands it to the Roberta Marley chick, who um, she instructs her to take care of it as I've taught you or whatever. So she throws it in the toilet. And just flushes the toilet. That's how they take care of it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. What does she Ooh. say? What does Big Mama says? Something like, "Oh yeah, that's that's a pretty pretty healthy size for a second trimester or something like that." Yeah, yeah. She's like, "That's the biggest second trimester I've ever seen." Whew, that's like, wow. That's like yeah. that. As I'm watching that scene, I'm like checking off the names of people I know that I could possibly watch this movie with, and. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much, just leaving Josh. <laughs> Wife, no. <laughs> and my mom, oh yeah, she would get upset. Okay. Be anyone for my job, I'd be fired. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the fetus gets flushed down the the sewer or down the plumbing into the sewer. Uh, and the sewer is amazing, by the way. I love the sewer. Yeah. It just yeah, looks so all- great. Dry ice and and clean. It's very clean. Oh, it's great. Um, <laughs> turns out there's a toxic waste drum in the yard, which is <laughs> which is leaking like brownish beige sludge. It looks like soft peanut butter down into the <laughs> the grating that, that just happens to be right next to it and goes directly onto the fetus, who is basically laying against the side of the sewer pipe like a like a trunk. While the <laughs> while this stuff lands on it, and it's just like, <laughs> it's so disgusting. It's so so effective, though. <laughs> like it is. Like you're watching this movie, and you're like, oh wow, this is gonna suck. And then you're like, holy shit, that's upsetting. <laughs> this is amazing. It's like starting to mutate. They're using like baffles, so it's all like bloop, 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 bubbling out and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Uh, Phil. Phil rejoins his lady on the couch. Rebecca uh, is waiting for her to wake up. Uh, back in the operating room, Big Mama de-meets her coat hanger, which is like, it's just, it's a coat hanger just covered in raw flesh and blood. <laughs> She's just picking it off and throwing it away. It's, oh my it, God. Uh, it comes off like, old bubble gum too and it's it like and she doesn't even finish getting the bits off she just 
leaves a bunch on there. Just enough for the next job. Oh. <laughs> and we see the fetus is growing like these weird crab, like bug type appendage things with like hook claws on the end. Like the, the, the skin or flesh or whatever from its humanoid limbs are just like tearing off, like peeling off. It's really gross. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rebecca wakes up. She immediately gets upset and argues with Phil because, you know, <laughs> he, he, he just forced her to have an abortion she didn't want. So, <laughs> kind of She's a big deal. She's just now figuring out that that happened, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, I mean, to Big Mama's credit, she, she snaps right out of it, and Rebecca's good to go right after that. I mean, she's 100% after it's done. So, yeah. you know. That lady's good. She said she's very good, and she was. So so Sherman gets up to leave, uh, and he comes up on this scene where there's, there's not Sherman, uh, uh, the boyfriend. Uh, Phil. Boyfriend gets up to leave. Is it Phil? I don't know where you're coming with Rebecca and Phil. I don't remember them saying their names at all. I but that could just be me. I didn't hear her name until the very end of the movie, and she was going to be girlfriend the whole way through. And same with him. He was going to be boyfriend. And then somewhere along the way, she called him Phil. And then I was like, okay, so I guess only he gets a name. So is this like some some, some sort of stylized choice because she represents all women or whatever? And then, no, she has a name. It's Rebecca. (laughs) Oh, nice. I'm glad for her. I'm glad she got a name. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so so Phil gets up to leave because Rebecca is rightfully pissed at him. He comes across this scene where Sherman is there with a customer and one of the sex workers named Tammy. Tammy's mad at the customer for being a piece of shit about something. There's a whole altercation, and she shoots him dead. Uh, <laughs> yes, she does. I love the shooting in this movie. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, bullets do the weirdest shit in this house. And they have this they have this amazing idea that like whenever someone gets hit with a bullet, they should have a spark go off near their head somewhere or something. It's great. <laughs> yes. We saw another Oh, it was it was basket case yep. uh, basket case 3. Yep. Whenever you shoot someone that sparks fly off of them. They turn into a fireworks show. It's <laughs> fucking awesome. Uh, so Terry's a badass because she shoots the guy dead. They're like, all right, go lock her in her room while we deal with this. There's a whole thing about how no one can leave until we settle this, but then it doesn't matter. So it's like, I don't know why. There's a lot of dialogue that happens in this movie for no good reason. Yeah. Uh, we see Suckley, who I call him Suckley. Nice. Uh, down, down in the sewer. He is now standing up. Oh, he's growing fast, and he has, like, an umbilical cord that is, like, extending out from his belly and doing cool shit. Um, back in the house, Candy, the the oldest sex worker with the silver hair, and she looks like she's a, a sex worker from the days of yore, uh, is having a conversation with Bertha, the bedreadlocked um, abortion assistant who is portrayed as being as having a learning disability of some sort uh it's not comfortable uh but they have a little touching moment together where where candy tells bertha that she's smarter than people give her credit for and the reason that big mama trusts her with all of this information is that big mama doesn't think she's smart but she's actually very intelligent 
it's 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 nice it's a, a cool little moment uh and then immediately bertha is killed when suckley's tentacle shoots up out of the toilet wraps around her neck and rips her head off <laughs> i love when you pulls her head into the toilet and you just see her dreadlocks like slide over the lip of the toilet down into the bowl <laughs> Oh, it's, it's a great shot. I also like the the headless dummy with her sweater on it, but like the <laughs> neck is like, you know, it's like three inches in circumference. It's amazing. <laughs> Just shooting blood everywhere oh. while while Candy is screaming, but the voice, the, the audio of her screaming is not synced up with her lips and it's very unsettling. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's really <laughs> really is like i know this is a bad like a bad copy of trauma movie style but it's better than any trauma movie ever (laughs) i I watched it twice that tells you something (laughs) like just just this week alone (laughs) uh Meanwhile, Sherman and Axel do macho stuff at each other. Axel has a problem with Sherman, and Sherman does not take Axel seriously. Um, And now Axel just kind of spends some time going around the house. Uh, He sniffs Bertha's dead neck juice for some reason. (laughs) That's right. Um, He he goes and builds some animosity with Candy, and then... uh, when they realize that the door won't open, he develops his patented kicking style, which is just the stupidest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. And he does it more later in the movie. So it's just the stupidest thing. He, he looks like a guy skanking at a ska concert. <laughs> he does. Oh, man. I bet this guy went to ska concerts. He's <laughs> like, oh, I know exactly how to do a kick move. um uh we find out that the entire house is enclosed by a glowing veiny mucous membrane with a giant heartbeat for some reason um from outside we see that it's not covering the whole house it's just covering the windows and doors and looks like old gray chewing gum um the ends on the inside it looks way more impressive than that but on the outside it looks like shit yeah uh, just then, Tammy is killed by Suckley. She was locked in her room, and its um tentacles come up through the plumbing and get her and, like, shoot through the mattress and scratch her all up, and there's just, just hot sauce packets squirting every direction. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> they didn't even then... bother to, like, show cuts on her skin, just blood. <laughs> yeah, 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 just sprinkle some, 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 yeah, it's fine. <laughs> um... Axel uh, does his kick move again to break down the door to Tammy's room that they locked her inside of, but they say now it's locked from the inside. I don't know how that would possibly work. It's magic. Um, uh, And so stuff happens. Axel ends up pulling a knife on Sherman, and then Sherman gets down into, like, his... He's We we know at this point that he's former military. Um, He gets down into his little bad 1990 martial art pose (laughs) and he kicks the knife or punches the knife out of Sherman's hand. And by the very act of doing that, knocks Sherman unconscious. It's a a quite a move, really. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the, the, the static shock of having that happen to his wrist is just enough to, to kablooey his brain neurons. (laughs) Oh dear God! 
So now the plan that Sherman comes up with is, all right, it comes up through the plumbing. Let's clog up all of the pipes. So they clog up the pipes uh, to prevent it from getting in. And then a suckly tentacle attacks uh, Sherman and the boyfriend from under the sink. We don't know how exactly. Um, and they they cut it off. And we then see the 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 um, severed tentacle moving around on the ground in stop motion. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's real bad. It's real, real bad. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's like $5 worth of stuff you bought from Michael's and a stop motion camera, and that's what you got right here. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a strip of aluminum foil wrapped in a red towel and some stop motion. <laughs> yeah. It's so bad. Uh, I, I like that... Uh, so then, like, Sherman basically has assigned the businessman to start... He gives him a hammer and a chisel, because those are the only tools they have, to chisel the door. <laughs> <laughs> but because, in a little bit of social commentary, because he's such a delicate-handed business person who's never worked a day in his life, every time he hits the chisel, he goes... Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, hurts his hands. It's so stupid. Uh, he's literally incapable of making a mark on the door with a hammer and chisel. Um, yeah, but that's fine. And Candy is, of course, there <laughs> to laugh at him as he tries to yeah. chisel the door. <laughs> so good, making fun of him the whole time. That's oh, so good. Uh, Phil comes up with this brilliant idea that they need to build a battering ram out of weights, and asks if there's any weights in the house. Well, it turns out that. Uh, Axel might have a weight set in the basement. So they gather like all, all this heavy stuff and uh, they put it inside of a big chest. And then they have like all this rope that they apparently got from a passing ship or something. I don't know. And they, <laughs> and then they tie the only tools that they have in the whole house are hammer and chisel. Yet they have so much rope. Yeah, like 75 feet of ship rope. <laughs> so they tie up this thing and they basically have now created a home alone device. And then they, it's so, it's like, really? <laughs> and so um, in the meantime, the businessman's, um, he's now checking out over on the couch, the gr girl in the green satin. Uh, I just identify them by what they're wearing. So anyways, he's like, standing over her, staring down into her cleavage, and he offers her $100 to go upstairs. Um, she says no, and then he refers to her and the other girl sitting next to her as cheap whores. <laughs> Good. Right, right when the gang is about to use the Home Alone batter with the gun, he has 100% recovered to his homunculus self. Um... And he has the handgun in his hand now. And um, <laughs> he he's, you know, acting very axily. And he uh, shoots with one shot. Turns out he's a great shot. He shoots the rope with one shot. And yeah. uh, that knocks the battering ram down. And then he gets into a fight with Sherman. Uh, Sherman gets a hold of the gun. He's about to shoot when... Oh my goodness, the fetus monster crashes into the room and takes him away. That's the end of Sherman. <laughs> he crashes.
crashes in like the Kool-Aid guy, like right through the wall. Oh yeah. <laughs> what type of crawl spaces do they have in this place? Also, the walls are bulletproof. We'll find out later. Like it's yeah. it's really a weird house. I, I wish that at some point they would have played like maybe when he got pulled through the wall yeah even anyways yeah sorry that was a little no it's good yeah a little little miami vice um (laughs) sorry uh axel gives this ridiculous speech about uh, he's 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 stressed out because the this thing that's attacking them it's as big as a person It's like on the wall, on the windows, and yeah, I don't know. It yeah. makes no sense. It does. He's an idiot. He's a total idiot. <laughs> He's <God>. the worst. <laughs> Candy is hassling him, giving him a hard time. She's great. She's just getting super lippy with him. So he shoots her in the head. Just, just drops her with a single sparkling shot. <laughs> and that's, that's the end of Candy. Yeah. Yeah, That's the best character in the movie is now dead. The only one that I could find any sign of that went on to make anything with any of uh, that, you know, deserved any respect. She was in Goodfellas. She played oh. the wife. She played the wife of one of the gangsters in Goodfellas. Nice. Uh, Way yeah. to go, Candy. I, I couldn't find anything else about her online. So I, they decide they're going to hit the basement because the the monster. Um, in order, he, I mean, how does he get, where does he get his heat? How does he get warm? Oh, well, maybe it's from the boiler room. (laughs) So apparently the house, so now, I don't know, what are they? They're staying in the Overlook Hotel, like it has a boiler room. (laughs) So they said Axel, who's, you know, he's like the, he's the man now because he's got the gun. Uh, He makes the girl in the green satin robe go first to search the dark. And we get... Um, a a way too much time spent in a basement with no lights. Yeah. So basically, aside from one light on a wall in the background, the entire screen is just black. Can't see anything. And they're just walking along. Uh, they come across a piece of what uh uh he what Phil describes as tissue that must have been discarded. It's like a piece of meat, basically. Um. And he knows this because of his biology class. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, hmm. Oh, this is tissue. I like, yeah, we, we haven't mentioned he's wearing his letterman jacket the whole time with no letters on it. It is just a two-tone jacket in the style of a letterman jacket. He has those terrible striped blue and yellow rugby shirt on yeah. that were so popular back then. Ugh. He's horrible with his feathered hair. Anyways, oh, yeah. um, so Axel freaks out um, because the thing has, you know, the, he he basically, no, he, he freaks the fuck out because he hears something on a shelf. So he murders four bottles. He just starts shooting bottles. It makes no sense at all. Uh, while that's happening, Melissa, that's the green satin lady, is, oh. uh, is fetist. She is attacked by uh, the uh, Suckley, who murders her, of course. And um, we see him in all his besuited glory. He's now uh, a human with a costume on, and it is amazing. It really is. I love those spiky shoulder pad bits. Oh, it looks so good. I loved it so much. 
Axel continues shooting rounds all over the damn place, which does absolutely nothing because the house is made out of God knows what. Um, and then because because of you know he can't suddenly can't hit anything, um, they run back upstairs like little bitches. <laughs> Uh, Axel immediately starts arguing with the businessman and decides that they're going to use him as bait. So he, uh, <laughs> they put one of those dog catcher loop things with like the stick. They put the, he puts that over his head and um, he may starts making a bark and act like a dog, which is so ridiculous. They go, yeah, they go back into the basement. So it's now it's, it's Axel, the businessman and Phil and uh, they get down there and the fetus is, has somehow fried itself on the electrical box. I don't even. I don't think they even show you why, right? It's no, just no. He's just he's just over there. <laughs> makes no sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then Axel. Oh, this is beautiful. Mm. Axel goes over to try to kill him with a metal pipe and ends up electrocuting himself and exploding. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking exploded. It's the best death in the whole fucking movie. He, oh, just, so... he tries to spear the thing with a lead pipe and then explodes from electricity. <laughs> <It's a joke>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, that's okay. Wow. Woo. Um, is it is it Rebecca? Then has a dream. Yes, it's Rebecca who dreams a montage of all the things that have happened in the house up to this point. <laughs> For no reason. On the suckling. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, okay, well, that's this girl really has a fertile imagination. And then it's back to the mad battering ram canard. They're going to try and batter the door again. <sighs> uh, at this point, uh, a, a group of them hears something through the little, like, stupid slats, foldy door that goes somewhere. And uh, uh, the the... The sex worker Cheryl, I believe her name is, shoots through it at, at the businessman Spintop's behest. And uh, it turns out that through that door was Vanessa. So that Cheryl accidentally killed her best friend in the whole world. Vanessa, thinking it was Suckley, it wasn't. Uh, meanwhile, back at the battering ram, completely disassociated from that storyline, uh, they managed to bust through the door and they... they peel off the rest of the door like it's a sticker and uh through the hole they can see a gooey chamber outside of their door uh almost as if it's a gigantic womb okay yeah. Yeah. so um so spin top decides uh i'm i'm gonna go i'm leaving goodbye i'm gonna go out into this wet chamber business so he walks around in the in the chamber the chamber is it's 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 like macrame it's like hemp hemp string in loose netting hanging from everywhere it's all from like dollar tree and and like like wet nylons and the whole thing is just coated in pink bed sheets and gauze and and it's supposed to look wet but it is so dry <laughs> it's so ridiculous yeah it's very unimpressive. <laughs> oh, it looks like the inside of Steven Tyler's brain. Oh my god, yes, nice. Stevie Nicks and Steven Tyler? Very nicely done, sir. Oh my god. Uh, and, 
so instead of being in the walls, it turns out that Suckley's in there. He kills Spinny Top business hand business head guy, and then his hand. That's why hand. Uh, his hand comes back inside the house through the hole in the door like Thing from the Adams Family and just, like, crawls around using its fingies in stop motion. The worst stop motion. It looks so bad. The quality, it's like they it's like they used a Fisher-Price camera to shoot that scene, and then and it looks terrible. And then why? Yeah, why does his hand suddenly become Thing? That makes no sense at all. They were like, is this a sense of humor? It'll do. Good enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, on the sense of humor front, I think that, okay, so the the nurse in her opening dream sequence, the one with her tits hanging out the top of her nursing outfit and she's carrying a bloody axe, mm-hmm. I think the joke there is tits and axe. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I think that's the whole purpose of that is we need more tits in this movie and we could make a tits and axe joke. Tits and axe. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, at this point, Cheryl kills herself with the gun she used to accidentally kill Vanessa. I forget. Yeah, there's also suicide in this movie because it, it's, it's like, fuck you, the movie. Fuck <laughs> you, uh, the movie. <laughs> Uh, then Big Mama is like, I'm gonna go downstairs and hang out with my son's dead body because he's my only kin. And so she goes, what the hell is that? He's such a piece of shit. He's such a piece of shit. (laughs) I couldn't believe, I was like, wait, he's her son? Yeah. Okay. It finally makes sense why he was there because up until that point it was like, we just have like, what? We've got two, two bouncer pimp dudes why why are yeah. what, what's happening how many heavies do we need in this place yeah at first it seemed like oh, okay maybe axel's in charge of the prostitution and sherman's in charge of the abortions but no sherman is in charge of the prostitution and the abortions and axel's just also there and it turns out that axel is big mama's good for nothing son and uh yeah they can all go fuck themselves and indeed they do because big mama gets killed by Suckley in the basement and there's this really really good scene of uh, like where they like sped up the footage of her twisting her head back and forth in the corner while she's being killed and a, a really good recording of a scream noise played in a weird way it's it really worked. good yeah it was great yeah um suckley gets uh the shitty boyfriend next his his big plan was i'll let it get me then i'll shoot it that way i won't miss and so that happens and he doesn't shoot it and it just kills him uh meanwhile um the girl uh you said rebecca is her name yeah rebecca is crawling away on the floor with everyone else dead suckley turns towards her uh realizes recognition dawns on his face he runs at her and then as he's running he shrinks down into different gross monsters getting smaller as he runs and then jumps into i'm sorry folks this is gonna be upsetting he jumps into her vagina and then we are watching her 
be tortured as it crawls it, his way back into her womb and like they're like obviously someone's hand is underneath her clothes and just like pushing pushing her belly clothes around and she's screaming as as her birth canal is being traversed oh, by a wow. horrible monster and then it's just living inside of her now yeah um that oh. happened <laughs> i was just like wow is it really digressing back into some sort of pre-birth form and yes it is and yeah you know, it was already second trimester whatever and then just crawls right up in there <laughs> like, yeah oh, wow yeah and that's why it could go through the plumbing that's why it could fit in the crawl spaces is it is just shape-shifting constantly it can turn into giant wombs that encapsulate a house and that people can walk around inside of it's the best monster ever in the whole a- fucking world <laughs> It is an incredible, incredible monster. <laughs> and he still has one trick up his uh, birth canal. Um, back at the asylum, there's some comical business with the two doctors from before. They're going somewhere uh, down a hallway and talking about it. It turns out that the reason for all these dreams is she has hyperremnerosis. That's right. um, and uh, that's why she keeps having fucked up dreams all the time. Um and they're they're gonna go through a door but first there's an orderly who has a whole desk set up in the middle of a hallway and he's got his foot up feet up on it he's smoking cigarettes surrounded by no smoking signs and i believe he's looking at pornography yeah and he he looks up over his magazine sees them looks back at his magazine does a double double take and then says something to the effect of what and um and then they just look at him for a while and then he points the wrong way and then he points another way and points another way after that because of the uh it's a comedy and uh and then they leave and that's over um and then then now she's just in a a giant you know the type of playroom that you see in really shitty movies about insane asylums it's you know the mattresses everywhere room but they have every single person in the entire asylum in there she's cowering down in the corner it looks like a music video and um the two shittiest orderlies in the world yes sir. she's in a racquetball court if you really look close you can see the ball marks against the wall Oh my god, like, that's a really good use of a set. It's like a, like an abandoned racquetball court, I think, because they had like, you can see the line or the tape or the paint used to be, and there's all these like black marks or blue marks from the, you know, I was like, wow, they're in a racquetball court right now. Pretty awesome. That is a good spot. I don't actually know what a racquetball court looks like, but that, that is, that's fantastic. <laughs> a giant, a giant white square with a line painted across the back wall. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Yeah, racquetball is fun. <laughs> oh man, it sounds really white people to me. It's so white people. Is it, is it, is that the same type of court that you use for handball? I don't think so. I don't know much about oh. handball. Isn't handball the one where you just like throw it at a wall at each other and yeah. you're both throwing it at the same wall? But handball's handball's huge, right? That's like a giant court, right? Because then I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> fuck, fuck white people. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 
two orderlies with gross hair go up to her. She's cowering in the corner. And they start talking about, oh, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be fine. And they, they like, pick her up by the arms and take her into a closet or something that is just off of the room and secluded and, and sound muffled. And, uh, and then one of them is the lookout by the door, which has a convenient window. You can see other inmates of the asylum looking in through the window and laughing as the other one rapes her. Yeah, that was, uh, that was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, and he, it's just happening. We're watching it happen. It's very upsetting. Uh, and then all of a sudden we get the Casio comes in. And uh, Suckley's appendage, I guess, snakes out around that dude's penis, comes on out, wraps around his neck, rips his head off, blood starts splattering everywhere, and then the lookout guy is also getting his blood splattered everywhere while the inmates are laughing through the window and blood is going everywhere. Movie over. Oh, wait! <laughs> No, now we're just rolling credits. <laughs> Sorry. And <laughs> no, it's fine. It's so good. And while the end credits are rolling, we are treated to B-roll <laughs> of um, special effects that they paid for and just didn't want to not include in the movie, yes. I guess. Um, and there is... There's a little boy, he's wearing a trucker cap, and over whatever insignia was on the trucker cap is a a pin to cover up that insignia, and that pin says, Sh Schmuck, go home and practice? <laughs> and he's wearing a t-shirt that says, Fuck and die on it. <laughs> and it's the greatest, it's the greatest credit scenes ever. I know. Next to him is a dweeb dressed like Southern Gothic Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> and, and both of them are watching a third person who, we don't know why, they're outside the whorehouse. Uh, they're outside the window, the, the shitty looking window. And at first it just looks like, like, like olive loaf is melting off of his face. What's happening is his face is melting <laughs> And then there's this great shot of the skin and muscle layer of this face that we never see yes. finally just falling away with these strings of goo. <laughs> and and underneath is the skeleton and its mouth is like still moving. And they did a good job of like the neck musculature is still there. Yes. And, and it's just gooey and stringy and horrific. And, and they get like a close up of the dweeb guy and his horrible teeth with his mouth agape watching this happen. And then it shows the, the back to the skeleton and it is now just all of the muscle is gone. You can see a little bit of a tie and it's just charred like it was burnt for hours and um uh these characters are credited as senator senator's aide and boy oh, i i don't even know what to say that's so amazing it's I, so I, good. I, I don't even know what to say. It's incredible. <laughs> uh, apparently at some point what was going to happen is a senator was supposed to visit the house. He was going to the house to visit a prostitute. With him was his aide and a boy. And I guess they tried to get into the house and the Suckley's 
stuff shot acid or something at him. I don't know, but it's great. Yeah, he, he, well, yeah, he, like, pulls his face off and then, like, just falls to the ground in this mucky heap. It was like, well, I don't know what's happening. It's, uh, this was like a lost storyline or what the hell. <laughs> it was yeah. great. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely, like, the like he must have been said, he was like, I can't believe they won't let this into the runtime. I'm gonna put it in the closing credits, because we did that, and it's the best part of this. Yes. <laughs> All right, now, movie over. Movie Hooray. actually over, yes. <laughs> oh, loved it. It's fucking great! I love this movie. It's a lot of fun. Uh, way more fun than it should be. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it. yeah, if you add everything up, it should be just absolutely horrible. And it is, but it's great. <laughs> yeah. The acting is shit. Yeah, it's terrible. The acting is yeah. shit. The script is awful. But the idea is pretty brilliant. And the execution of the idea is so bizarre that it, it basically borders on, like, surrealism. It's just so strange. Uh, yeah. It's, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's really great. It's It's got all of the... Like, all of the skillful movie making of a movie that they would cover on MST3K, and it's only pleasant to watch when you watch the MST3K version of it, but this one has that little something extra, and I think that little something extra is, like, the special effects. But even even then, like, it's, like, without it, this movie would totally suck, but it does, it, it, it upgrades the charm of the bad everything else somehow. It, I mean, if you break it down, like a lot of these movies, if you break them down, there's just nothing there. If you break this movie down, there is a story there. It's yeah, it's evil, but it's there, and it 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 works. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a really fucked up story about female bodily autonomy. Uh, it's all the way fucked up. There's a surprising number of people in this movie that die from not the monster killing people. Bad. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of people that just get dead because guns are around. And Yeah, exactly, and people are dumb as fuck. <laughs> so I love it. Um, the, the first time uh, we watched this, I gave this movie a 2.5. It's been a little over a year since then. I upped it to a 2.9. I couldn't quite bring myself to give it a 3 because it is not a 3. It's it's not one of those it's so bad it's good movies. It's just one of those it's so bad and also in some ways very good. So yeah. a 2.9 out of 5 for me. I, uh, I gave it a 2.5. <laughs> nice. I... Uh... You know, I had my I had my seven point criteria. Um, I, I actually did two point five four, but I rounded it. I, went, I yeah, I rounded it. So yeah, so <laughs> two point five. But um, that that and that is not that that sounds like oh, it's just a perfectly average film. It's right between one and you know oh, zero and five. But um, yes, mathematically, yes, that's true. But um, <laughs> this movie is a lot of fun. I mean, it's 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 really entertaining. Yeah, it's it's terrible. I mean, you yeah. You probably have to be selective about who you might want to watch it with, um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a blast. I've really enjoyed watching it. I'm, I, I'm I, again and again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, it, it, to describe this movie as food, I would describe it as a shitty burger with amazing toppings on it, yeah. and 
it, you have to cuss in order to order it. Like, it's called the shit burger. <laughs> I'd like the Cuntosaurus Rex, please. <laughs> yes. It's just, it's just the worst. The, the fuck my burger with gourmet artisan toppings. Nice. <laughs> ah, so good. That's... That's good. 5.4 out of 10 loadsome things. It's a it's a it's not a strong rating, but it is a strong recommend. It's it's up there with like Blood Diner and um, yeah. Uh, the, the oh, and a muck train. Like it is right up there with a muck train. Yeah, it's it definitely because th- that's this is like a whole and we've talked about this like a whole subcategory of of really shitty horror films that we just particularly happen to love. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this one rates that this one rates relatively high on that scale. But if you're comparing it to just like the horror pantheon, yeah, this, this movie probably isn't going to do much, but, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. but Hey, if you're a horror fanatic, this is, this is definitely one that you have to watch. Yeah. Yeah. This is the meat and potatoes of, of, of horror dining. Whereas, you know, Alex Garland's mend is men is like, you know, fancy. Yeah. The truffles and caviar. I'm a moron. Truffle oil. Yeah. Yeah. You I go thought, watch Nicholas Cage and Pig. Yeah. I thought this movie, I wanted, I kept thinking at times that it, I wanted to call it Fetus Meringue. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that house is perfect for like Skinner Meringue too. <laughs> It's like, wait, where? What happened to all the windows? They're all I can't open or any of the doors. <laughs> <laughs> He used the same Casio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Good times. John, speaking of other movies, have you been watching any other movies? Or Uh, or consuming any other horror media? I haven't really seen any any horror movies. I thought about pulling the trigger on the service that has uh, Wasera, the the Bone Woman, I think it's called, that Mexican horror film that I really want to see. But then I was reading some of the reviews for the app that goes along with my TV. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? Fuck those guys. I'm not giving yeah. them my money. I'll watch that movie some another time. Um, so I, I haven't really nice. seen any horror. I've just, you know, just listened to a bunch of horror audiobooks at work. Um, I'm trying to think if there's, I mean, yeah, there, there's a bunch of really good ones, but nothing, nothing too exciting to discuss, I guess. I don't know. How about you? Um, I wanted to plug another podcast. Let me find it real oh, quick. Oh, cool. I, I met these, I, I ran across these guys in, um, on Blue Sky, and they were advertising their podcast, and so I went and I looked at it, I think it's only on Spotify, and there was the one that, like, they, their new one, and I was like, oh yeah, that looks cool, and then I saw that their second episode ever was on Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker, oh. and I was like, oh yeah, I want to hear what they thought about it. So I listened to it, and it's like listening to us if we were very calm and didn't laugh at stuff. <laughs> but they have, like, the same takes on stuff. Like, they were like, oh, yeah, this part's really cool. Oh, man, what an amazing actor. Like, like all of the stuff. They're really cool guys. So if you're like, man, I wish Loadsome Things weren't such a couple of chuckleheads, 
Go listen to Bring Me the Axe Horror Podcast. They're new. I think they just started in February, and they cover some really cool movies. They kind of have that same niche that we do, where like our, our bread and butter is like those weird little movies that you find on free streaming services mm-hmm. that no one's ever heard of. That's mm-hmm. their shit, too. Nice. I yeah. like it. Oh, I'm going to have to check that out. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't heard of those guys. That sounds interesting. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, and as far as watching things, I watched, uh, for the first time ever, I watched Lord of the Rings, uh, The Fellowship of the Ring, Extended Edition in 4K, ultra oh. high definition. Mm-hmm. And boy, was it pretty. Yeah. I liked that a lot. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, yeah, once you adjust to the, uh, the 4K, uh, ultra high definition TV, it, it becomes quite a treat. <laughs> yeah yeah i i just canceled my uh hbo max subscription but it has a few more days left yeah. on it so i'm like okay i'm gonna have to watch all three extended editions excellent and just see all the things better than i've ever seen them before nice we we did just uh we just one of silo the uh the it's like a sci-fi kind of dystopian post-apocalyptic sci-fi show it was on apple tv um it's got it stars uh Rebecca oh. Ferguson who was in uh Doctor Sleep uh the the, the Swedish actress oh. and she wore like the top hat her character I forget her character's name but uh real pretty um yeah and it's got it's got a bunch of people in it Rashida Ali is in it um uh what's his name uh the guy from Jacob's Ladder uh was married to Susan Sarandon Tim Robbins uh yeah oh, okay. <laughs> It's 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 a basically it's a bunch of people. It's like a you know thousands of people, about ten thousand people that live in this weird underground silo, and they have this these like computer screens that basically show a a view that's shot with a camera outside of this like wasteland. Like the world outside is a horrible wasteland, and they have they have their own police force. They have their own judicial wing, which are like the creepy people that you know are scary. And they, you know, it's it's like organized as a hierarchy. So, like, you know, the wealthy people live up top. Then there's the mids where all the working class people live. And then there's the mechanic, mechanical nice. down in the bottom, which is like all the dregs of society. And they have all these rules. It's very kind of Orwellian. And uh, <clears throat> they have this thing where if you, they have a law that if you, you say that you want to leave. I, I want to go outside. If you say that out loud, the law is you have to go outside and they give you a cleaning implement and then they put this spacesuit on to try to protect you long enough so that you can go out and clean the monitors, the camera screen, and then you die. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, and and so then it's like all the intrigue and you know and all this stuff. It's really wow. really good. I've never heard of that. That sounds that sounds pretty cool though. Apple does some weird stuff. They do. I mean, they do a lot of shit. But um, every once in a while, they they pull it together and they do something like you know Severance or, or oh that was so or, good yeah yeah and you know like that. But then they try to do horror and, and like that stupid thing with the the Harry Potter guy and that that, that show sucks. Those people <laughs> live in the. They, those people live in that like townhouse in Philadelphia and the guy's a chef and the woman is, you know, they lost their first child. So they have this doll that looks exactly like a child, which is apparently a thing. And uh, 
Shambalama Ding Dong was like the executive producer or something. And it's bad. Anyways, yeah. Uh, I did watch another movie. I watched um, that fucking one. It's it's the girl from the chess TV show. I can't talk about anything. Uh, yeah, she's maybe. in it, and it's about your a bunch of people get invited to an island to eat at this ultra gourmet restaurant. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, it was a really cool first half of the movie. And then it just turns into complete shit. I, I think I know the one you're talking about. I know there's been a kind of a, like a slew of horror adjacent cooking movies and like fine dining movies. I don't know. Yeah. Like foodie that, horror. Yeah. But that one, that one kind of fell apart, but fell apart. Huh? Uh, abort. You'd feel abort. Yeah. They feel abort. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was like, it, had a really good build up and then like the conclusion was oh yeah this movie can go fuck itself yeah that's fine nice that's yeah. always the best you get put the put the shit at the end that's that's probably smart nice so uh so john what are we watching when next we watch when next we okay uh well i wanted to i i so want to pick another obscure movie that you know <laughs> but I, I, I also like knowing that more than two people listen to the show. And if we do too many of those in a row, I think we just alienate the entire planet. <laughs> so I'm going to hold on to the one that I want to pick. And okay. I want to make sure that it's something that we can actually find that isn't a, a shitty videotape copy on YouTube. <laughs> so, because so, I really, I've really shit the bed with those last two there with Macabre and, and Hermapay. Oh so, yeah, that's right. It was too, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so Don's yeah. <laughs> So I'm going with the original Phantasm. Oh fuck yes! Who is that? Is that Don Coscarelli's Phantasm? Nice. Yes, let's go. That's a great, great film uh, and a pretty awesome series. It's got some highs and lows, but. Uh, Phantasm number one is definitely a high. That's fantastic. That's the one with the little shiny, like, stab balls, right? Yes. Okay. I've never paid attention to that movie, so I don't really... I know that there's the creepy guy, and I know that there's shiny stab balls, and that is literally everything that I remember about that movie. Don Coscarelli is a madman. I mean, he, he thought up all this stuff, and it's like this weird sci-fi horror buddy movie i don't it's like a young guy and an older dude and the older dude is all gung-ho and he has like a sports car and they the world is being attacked by this this giant man with a funny hat that says boy all the time and has a weird ball with a spiky thing that comes out and little minions that look like ewoks it makes no sense and it's amazing. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm looking forward to that. And you should look forward to it as well, dear listener, because we will be coming to you with that two weeks hence uh, from when this movie drops, not from when you're listening to it, because I don't know what your schedule is like. Yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. 